Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Amen and amen. I want to just thank God for you, mom, for, you know, being willing and ready whenever. I do appreciate you for that. Um, it's <laughs> I'm not even going to say it's ironic. It's just here's God working and confirming a thing again, because what you said about um, Daniel and about that thing possibly being delayed a little bit, something that me, granny and Gigi talked about not too long ago. So I just goes to show you, you know, when God says a thing, he really says a thing. And of course, you know, when he tells us something, he means it because that's the kind of God that we serve. So thank you. Um, with that being said, for Bible study this week, I, I simply want to check in with all of you. You know, this is something we did quite a while ago. I don't even truly remember when we did it. It was something that I wanted to to start like a little mini series. We just check in here and there. And, you know, of course there aren't really just a set of scriptures in particular that we'd be focusing on tonight. It's just more of a general theme and, you know, just us really checking in with one another. So with that, you know, God is so good and that we as people, we as Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to be there for one another. You know, we're a community. It's something that we've been talking about in a great deal in these past few months now, because it's so important that we really understand the importance of truly being there for one another, whether that's to just, you know, shoot a random text and see how somebody is doing or to just give somebody a call, you know, once or twice a week just to, you know, get them laughing, to get them kind of out of their head sometimes if we're overthinking too much or even more so to just really pray for one another, you know. If we can't physically go invest some time with the other person, then the least we could do is, you know, pray for them or reach out and pray for them. And with that, regarding what my mom said, it's something so important because I know typically when God starts confirming a thing over and over and over again, it means that it's not just happening in my life or the life of somebody, you know, extremely close to me, but that it's it's sort of a general thing. And I'd like to talk about that just briefly. And that's that I've come to notice a trend recently, and I'll go ahead and speak generally here for all of us, that it seems like we've all been under attack in one way or another. And we already know that, of course, the devil is a liar, that no weapon formed against us can prosper, that not even the gates of hell can prevail, that God has already won the victory on our behalf way before there was a fight to even win. And since he gave his life for you and for me on the cross and picked it back up again, because that's just how cool our God is, it's that we are already victorious. Now, with these attacks, let me just encourage you 
let me remind you of what James chapter one says. We, you know, we use that scripture quite often, but it's so relevant to so many things that we go through that when we experience trials, storms, tribulations, etc., whatever it is that we're dealing with, attacks from the enemy, you know, whatever may be occurring, that we should really count it all as joy. Now, I know it sounds completely crazy and strange to your normal ear. It's like, why would I be rejoicing in an, in an area of my life where I'm really stressed out, where I'm going through it, where I'm, I want to scream, you know? Well, that's exactly why. It's because, as James chapter one says, it's that when we go through these different things, we should count it as a joyful experience because it allows for us to have our faith or our trust in God perfected. The thing about trusting in God is, is that we do it to a degree because we're people. We're still growing. As, uh, as Granny told me quite recently, we're still in training and we will be in training until the day the good Lord takes us home. And what that means is, is just like the, the, the man who asked Jesus to help him with his disbelief. We have areas in our lives where we still have some disbelief. Now, that's okay, because again, we're in training. We're in a sanctification process, meaning that we are consistently growing in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And what that means is, is that there are some areas that are easier than others for us to just give it to God. Some areas have a lot of baggage. Some are weighted down. Some are tied down. Some are sinking in the bottom of the ocean. Some are held up, locked behind closed doors like it's Fort Knox. And it's just it's some things are really hard for us as people to let go. But as Granny has often told me, as she's often told all of us here tonight, it's that even in those situations, we can pray to God and say, Lord, I don't know how to give it to you. So just take it from me. And with that, that's a reminder that we as a community, as a family of brothers and sisters and and our heavenly father should, you know, check up on one another. The whole point of a check-in is to just give that person an opportunity to tell you where they're at. You know, we can tell God every and anything that need, you know, that's going on in our lives. It's just when it comes to one another, we're not mind readers. I don't know if there's a problem if we never talk about it. And of course, as someone who had an extremely bad habit of just keeping everything in, let me tell you, it's it's a lot more, life is a lot more light. It's the best way I can really describe it. When you just take those burdens that you're trying to hold on to and, and just put them out there in the open. I, I, I have this conversation every so often with my brothers, with, with Gigi every now and then. And it's simply to remind us that we're not fighting alone. First and foremost, God is there with us every single step of the way. He knows our thoughts even before we think them. But even then, God still wants us to talk about it so that we give ourselves the opportunity to shine his light on that area. As I spoke about recently um, with, with my little one, it's that when we're confused, that's the best time to talk about something. 
not necessarily because we're looking for an answer per se from the other person, but because when we open up a subject, it's like if I were to open up this case, you don't know what's inside of here until it's open, but more so because God works based upon us allowing him into the different areas of our lives. He won't come in and force you to open this up, right? So if you never talk about the thing, even if you don't know what's going on with you or with this situation, well, then we deny ourselves the opportunity to either A, just let it go and let God or B, to let him come in and to mend the situation, to provide an answer, support, et cetera. It doesn't matter. And that's what the enemy would love for you to do, to stay closed up like this. Like I could try to pry this open, but it's not going to work. But if we just do the simple thing and start talking about it, well, we tend to unravel the situation. And then now the contents that are inside of here are now being viewed to the world because you can see clearly what's inside of this case of mine. It's some headphones. But on the flip side, in this situation, imagine this case is you. And the contents on the inside or that situation is that situation that's been having you, you know, a little anxious, a little messed up, a little frustrated. You know, you you just you don't want to talk about it sometimes. And I understand. But as I always say, and as I'll remind you here, and this is our practice here in our ministry, it's that we do things in the iota, meaning the tiniest step possible, the littlest step that you can take is by just simply talking about the thing to God first. With God, of course, you know you're never being judged. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus that chase after his will instead of the will of this hunk of junk. When we talk to God, we begin to feel his peace because that's what the Bible tells us. His peace surpasses all understanding. And that's step one of checking in. Step two is when we confide in one another. The Bible tells us to to confide our sins in one another so that we may pray for one another. If I know what's going on in your life, then I can better pray for you. And even if you give me just a little bit, that's enough for me to begin to really pray on the situation. Of course, if you say nothing at all, I can pray that God would help you in whatever is ailing you. But when we get really specific in prayer, We have the ability to call out that issue for what it is. That's why we confide in one another. That's why we confide in God. Because when we call out a thing by its name, we then disable it. That's the beautiful part of prayer. And the more beautiful part of this process for us checking in is that the more we build up this habit of shining light on our issues by just talking about whatever it is, even if we don't fully understand it, you know, and of course I'm saying this by taking it at, at your pace. Of course, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but we, we know by now that our best, our biggest, our most wonderful blessings and breakthroughs and upgrades come in extremely uncomfortable situations, but that's how God works. He's a, the best father. He pushes us where we need to be pushed so that when we get to that point of uncomfortability, just like Paul said, it's in our weaknesses 
that God's strength is made perfect. Because if I'm uncomfortable, that means I'm weak in the area. But the beautiful thing about being weak in an area means that I can now reveal myself in this area to God. And we talked about this before, and the word is kind of slipping my mind, but thank you, Jesus. He brought it back. We become vulnerable in this area, but we know that being vulnerable in God is not being vulnerable as it is that we understand. Vulnerability in the human dictionary means that we are open to being attacked. We're weak. We're going to get hurt and we need to build a wall. But in God's eyes, being vulnerable means is that I have now allowed self to step out of the way. I pushed me out the way so that God can come into my life in this area and to work his wonders like he always does. When I'm vulnerable to the fact that I'm uncomfortable, I can then be elevated by God himself, because now what I'm doing is I'm saying that, Father, I clearly don't know what to do. And like the word tells me to lean not to my own understanding, but to submit to you, God. Well, in my submission, you make me strong. You guard my heart, because if I guard it, I'm going to block everything and everybody out. But if you guard my heart, you block the negativity, you block the evil, you remove those seeds of iniquity because you are doing exactly what you told us you do. You would be the gardener to this here piece of the vine. That as a branch on your vine, you would make sure to take care of it. And I think I can speak for all of us and say that God takes the utmost care of us. Whether it be sick, healthy, sad, happy, angry, whatever. God is always there in the absolute best of ways, even better than we could hope, ask or think for, because that's just, again, his word. So with that, let's you know, really just check in with each other. You know, I, I do this often with granny. I do it often with my boys, with Gigi, with, you know, anybody who, who, who I'm close with, you know, we check in. It's not to try to get you to just bear everything to the other person all at once, but it's to just a simple reminder that this community that God has built for us has built for you, particularly in your own life is an example of his great love for you, that God knows very well that at times as people, sometimes we need to to be able to to feel an actual hug, to be able to just, you know, hear those words. I love you. You're doing good. I'm proud of you. It's okay. It was a mistake. You're not your mistakes. That's just a part of the growth process. It's all these different things that we can do for one another led by the strength of God that reminds us that he is an ever-present help because he lives inside of each and every one of us that have been given the gift to be called his sons and daughters. And as his sons and daughters or Christians, we work to the best of our abilities in his stead as ambassadors of the heavenly kingdom. And in doing so, to be there for one another, as Granny has once again told us all, because God has blessed her to be so many of our mentors here is that the Christian journey is about self-sacrifice. It's going to be plenty of days where you're tired, you feel raggedy and worn out, where you're at the bottom of the barrel, where there's no fuel left in the gas tank. But we still give 
not because it's the right thing to do, but because it's the godly thing to do. Something that we've really begun to to truly learn and encompass in this year, that it's not about the right thing to do, because the right thing to do in a lot of situations, it, it would make the next person happy, but would make God frown very sadly. But the godly thing to do is to keep on keeping on because Jesus is our unlimited source of strength. So even when there are times where we feel like we don't have anything left to give to another person, we can lean on God, expect his promise to come through where he will restore us because he is our living water. He is the bread of life that feeds us. He is the rock in a weary place. He is the the one that keeps you, that holds you, that protects you, that that guides you, that teaches you, that does every single thing for you. All we have to do is lean on him because once again, when we're weak in an area, we can become vulnerable to it, meaning we open ourselves up to God in the situation, therefore allowing his strength to come in and to make us stronger, better, faster, wiser, more patient, (laughs) that magical word that we talked about last week. It's just a beautiful process that when we're here for one another, not only are we reaffirming the community and the love that God has placed for us in our lives, but we're also giving self a chance to grow, to fully encompass those different attributes of the fruit of the spirit in our lives to where we can become that better that more glorified version of ourselves, that where God has placed a glorious standard for us. And even though we miss the mark because we're not perfect, we have an ever progressive climb of something that we can work toward. That when we take a look back and see how far God has brought us, that not only can we be happy with the progress, but when we look ahead, that there's always a new milestone that we can reach, that there is no level cap with God, as, as we'll say, that we have an unlimited growth potential, that we can continuously get better. We can keep letting the past stay in the past. We can keep moving forward. That way we can fight the present battles instead of being caught up in the past ones, that we can just let the pain go. We can forgive that person. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to necessarily keep a person in your life. It just means that you don't let the enemy try to take hold of the malice that you may have toward that person, that situation or whatever, and try to use it against you. Because as we also know, temptation, whether it's to get angry, to go do the wrong thing or whatever, it doesn't come from God because he can't be tempted. Temptation is something that is being used against us because it was already inside of us. That's why another reason we have to pray continuously, because it, it evil is always present in here. The Bible tells us that very plainly. It's not to discourage us. It's to remind us that even though the, the war for our spirits has already been won because Jesus has died once for all, the war for this, your mind or the soulish realm, that's the one that we have to fight every day. 
That's the reason why we need to pray constantly, why we need to keep studying the word so that we can have more tools in our arsenal to fight the enemy with. He can't get over on you by twisting scripture, even if it's by this much. If you know exactly what it says, not in your mind, but on your heart, because that's where God writes the word. He writes it on your heart to keep it close to you so that we might not sin against him or grieve him, as the Bible says. And even when we do have our human moments and we make mistakes, once again, we're people. We're bound to do something stupid at some point. But what matters is the stance of your heart. Does your heart say, I want to please God? I just happen to make mistakes because I'm not perfect. If so, you're in the right boat. But if your heart says, I wanted to do these things and I want to keep doing them, well, Let's crack open the word and take a look in the mirror and see where we've gone wrong. Because if that's the stance of your heart, then something's not working right. But I digress. The point of all of this is to simply remind you that you're not alone. We as a community are here for one another because God specially places us in one another's lives to feel a void that only God can feel. In certain situations, and I've had this conversation, uh, I think earlier in this week or last week, I don't recall, but it's something that I personally had to come to grips with in my own life. And it's simply this. There are some things we pray for that while there is no harm in praying for them, we have to always remember that when we pray to God for a thing, He heard us the first time we prayed on it, and he already began working on the situation before we even had the idea to pray about it. With that in mind, God's answer may not always look like the answer that you want. It doesn't mean you don't receive what you need. You just possibly don't get it in the way that you wanted it. But the thing about God's blessings when he answers your prayer is that regardless of how it comes, regardless of the person it comes through, God will give you exactly what it is that you need. And once it clicks in our hearts and then our minds, because it has to click in the heart first, that we've already had the thing we've been praying for. Well, then there is a certain feeling of euphoria, I will say, that comes over you, the believer. Simply realizing that God answered my prayer a long time ago. It's just like we talk about. The issue was a little too close to me to be able to see past it. Like right now, I can't see a thing. But once we allow ourselves an opportunity to just let God be God, he pushes the issue away from our eyes until we can clearly look at everything for what it is and then once we see our surroundings we realize that you know what he answered this a long time ago I was just caught up in the moment and that's no flack against you the person because again we're people we're not perfect half the time we don't get things right right away it takes us a minute but what matters is this and I say this for us the community then I will pray us out It's that as someone who has grieved a lot of you that are here today, someone who has put a lot of you through your paces, particularly granny, mom, and Broderick, because (laughs) y'all, y'all have been ones that I have pushed the limits with a whole lot. It's that as godly community, 
the best and biggest act of godly love or his agape that we can freely give to one another since he freely gives it to us is to keep loving that person through it all. It doesn't mean you have to enjoy their sins or the way that they treat you or anything of that nature. But what does matter is that the love that you say you give them is not on this worldly basis of what love is. It doesn't have requirements for them to keep the love. Because trust me, if that was the case, oh, oh, we'd be having a different conversation today. And Granny understands quite well what I mean when I say that. But I thank God that his love that he has blessed us with, that we freely give to one another, is not on a requirement basis, that it doesn't matter Sometimes when we trip out, when we're out of line, when we've said the wrong thing that we shouldn't have said, that God's love inside of us for the other person is not so easily, you know, beset. The Bible tells us that love suffers a long time, that it bears no grudges, that it does not keep a record of how many times it's been wronged. But instead, just like the father is quick to forgive us if we ask him for it. We too should be quick to forgive one another because I guarantee you in 100% of every situation that you enter into where you have a grievance with another brother or sister in Jesus, it's simply because they were being all too human for the moment. But if we would just trust God, pray about it and come to one another in love, like we practice here, we would see all too well that it's okay. As long as we, as the Bible says, go to one another and seek the forgiveness from a brother, well, then not only would God bless the situation, but that he would also bless the relationship. And that with any good relationship, when we file grievance with one another, it's not because we want to make the other person feel bad. It's simply to let them know that, hey, this is something that doesn't really work for our dynamic and I'd appreciate it if we could perhaps not do that anymore. Or maybe, you know, we were lacking in a department or maybe we were doing way too much. Who knows? But when we discuss these things with one another and trust in God's love, which is the glue, the concealer and the thing that seals us up tight like this with one another, it's that what will happen is we will grow individually, we will grow collectively, and most important of all, we will grow continuously spiritually because it's our spiritual growth that allows for everything else that happens inside of this electrified hunk of meat to just get that much better. And so with that, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so very much that when we check in with you, God, that it better shows us how to check in with one another, that God, good, holy concern for another person isn't to be worried. It isn't to be anxious about a situation, but instead it's to place them, their issue, whatever storm or trial or tribulation they're dealing with and placing it inside of your capable hands. And God wants the issue, wants the person, wants whatever it is, is in your hands. Lord, we know that you will take care of it. 
And that in the interim, while we're waiting on the breakthrough, the blessing, the triumph to come through, that we can just be there for one another the best way that you've taught us to do so. And that's to love each other in the same way that you love us, God. Your love is so special because it does not have requirements. You simply love us to love us. And that that love that you freely give to us is something that you ask to freely give to one another, to be patient with one another, that your word says that as much as it is with that is within us, God, to be at peace with one another, to make room for each other's faults because we all have them, God. It doesn't mean that we have to like every single thing about a person because, I mean, we're people, we're finicky. But what it does mean is that your love should be more than enough to look past minor inconveniences that honestly don't even matter in the first place. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for you being our father. We thank you for building us a family from the ground up, one that we can truly call our own, that it's not about flesh and blood, that it's not about the people we came here and were birthed into in these familial packs that you preordained for us that but God it's about those of us who are called according to your name Lord that are about your purpose that help get your will done as Jesus himself said out of his own mouth that those are his mother and his brother and his sisters Lord that those of us who belong to you and are about your will Lord that's our true family so God we thank you for family we thank you for being able to be there for one another and the best of our abilities, which are guided by your strength, God. And Father, we thank you so much for an ever present reminder of your absolute love for us in our lives. Lord God, we thank you. We'll give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. <music>